of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, he covers mixed martial arts for combat culture. Say hello to Matt Ryan. Hey, Matt. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. Our next debater covers the world of social media and the internet in the Garbage Day newsletter available throughout the week. Ryan Broderick. Hey, Ryan. Good evening. And our third debater making a return appearance is... An empty chair. We're going to presume the empty chair doesn't have much to say. They will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is Alex from Long Island, New York. Hey, Alex. Hi there. So Alex's job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions I present throughout the show, along with asking the questions I am the show's referee. If I hear something I don't like or maybe merits a penalty, you will hear this whistle. Now, before we get started, let's give our contestants a chance to get to know the judge a little bit better by asking him a question. We're going to start with uh, Matt. Do you have a question for Judge Alex? Yes, I do, Judge Alex. Um, If you were to say, pick your favorite baseball team and it's Bobby Bonilla-ness, uh, how Bobby Bonilla-ish would your baseball team be? Uh, it would be pretty Bobby Bonilla-ish, but it's getting better. And Ryan. At least on paper. And Ryan, do you have a question for a judge, Alex? Yeah. Uh, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Depends on the uh, application. Interesting. Uh. Huh. I'm, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> let's yeah. let's uh, let's start the debate. That brings up more questions <laughs> than answers. Opening actually. arguments on Master Debaters. Ah, uh, yes, it's time for opening arguments. In this segment, I'm going to give each combatant a question. That combatant answers the question, and our judge Alex gives them a score between zero and ten points. They will have thirty seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. The first topic: a mixed bag for the Super Bowl ratings. And the Chiefs ended up being a lopsided game during a pandemic, which wasn't great for the ratings. Nielsen says 96.4 million people watched the blowout down five and a half percent from last year and the smallest audience in 14 years. The TV only numbers on CBS, 91.6 million is the lowest total in 15 years. But the bright side was streaming 5.7 million, up 65 percent from last year and an all time high. However, you look at it, it's still a massive number and by far the most watched broadcast on TV. Jason Athens and ABC News, Hollywood. So, Matt, in your bones, your bones, do you feel that more people or fewer people watched the Super Bowl this year compared to previous years? 30 seconds. I feel like more people than ever because when you take a look at the globalization of pro football and the democratization of media, 
Uh, more people are able to watch the NFL more than ever, especially if they have VPNs. Most people are probably utilizing VPNs to watch content right now. I know a lot of people do it for The Office on Netflix. Uh, and also, I just cut the cord myself after having some sort of cable or satellite since 1995. We've kindly finally cut the cord here at the house and have YouTube TV. And it's awesome because I can watch anything anywhere. Alex, what score 0 to 10 for that? Uh, pretty good. I'd say, uh, seven. Okay. Ryan, European archaeologists have identified the oldest known wind instrument of its type, and it still works. The conch shell was found in a cave in southern France eight decades ago. It lay forgotten in a French museum until a recent inventory revealed carefully drilled holes designed to create three distinct musical notes. Ready to hear them? Sounding out for the first time in 17,000 years. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. So, Ryan, if you had the opportunity to play an ancient musical instrument that hadn't been played in 17,000 years, would you? 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, those three notes, they're simple, but, like, that's a banger, you know? You put, like, a beat under that, you slam some rocks. You know, you've got yourself, you've got yourself a good groove going. I would like to think also that there probably wasn't much to do, you know, like a thousand years ago or several thousand years ago. So, you know, blowing three notes just like next to the cave. That's a night. That's a Friday night, man. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. I think uh, we should bring back prehistoric music. Sounds cool. What the hell? So, Alex, what score do you want to give Ryan zero to ten for that? Uh, I give him a six. Oh. You didn't even hear the whole thing. Wait, all right, fine. <laughs> Next topic, about a week after a hacker tried to remotely tamper with the water supply in Florida, utility operators and law enforcement agencies around the country have received a seven-page notification from the FBI. Federal investigators think the hackers exploited poor password security and an outdated Windows 7 operating system to slip into the Oldsmar Water Department computer. Preventing it, says former FBI agent Randy Parkman. Might be as simple as choosing a better password or using two-factor authentication. Cybersecurity specialist Alex Hammerstone thinks some good might come out of the Oldsmar incident. We certainly hope that, you know, a near miss will lead to the kind of changes and systems and programs to prevent this. Jim Ryan, ABC News. So, uh, Matt and Ryan, you're each, well, you're not each, you're both going to split 30 seconds and tell me, do you think your passwords and your operating systems and all your gadgets are secure enough to prevent a hacking like that? 30 seconds. I feel like, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I feel like, yes, it's nearly impossible for me to get into my PayPal account without two-factor authentication, uh, password, my social security number, at least eight security questions. I feel like I have better strategy than an entire county in Florida which really isn't all that hard because it's a county in Florida. You see the people they elect down there? They all look like they fell out of a pie-eating contest. It's a little depressing and, honestly, a little sad. And this is my announcement that I'm running for governor of Florida. I, uh, I have bad passwords. <laughs> all right, Alex. I have shitty passwords. Alex, what would you think about that argument? Give it a score 0 to 10. Uh, that... It, it, you know, if Matt's actually going to run for governor of Florida, I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a nine. All right, so the empty chair is going to get nine points. Well, coming up, so what? 
A devilish doll was a suspect oh. in an Amber Alert, but are there better suspects out there? We'll debate that and more next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. It is. Things going to start to heat up a little bit now. We have Matt Ryan, Ryan Broderick, in an empty chair this week competing to convince our judge, Alex, that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com slash masterdebaters, and enter. So let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake. Master Debaters. So here I'm going to give all three contestants, or two, however you want to count them, the uh, same question. They will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will give each of them anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. Help arrives for a woman who got into a sticky situation. Tessica Brown of Louisiana was doing her hair and ran out of hairspray. She used Gorilla Glue spray. No matter what she tried, she couldn't remove the stuff. Even a trip to the ER didn't help. The acetone wipes burned her scalp, she says. Dr. Michael O'Bang saw the viral story and offered to do a special chemical treatment for free. The surgery went well. Uh, Tessica is doing well. Uh, she's uh, awake. The hair crew is here doing her hair. It's no matter there, but now it's not. It's on matter. It's untangled. The full recovery is two to three months. The Gorilla Glue Company says this is a unique situation. They say the product is not indicated for use in or on hair. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News. So what other household products do you think could be misappropriated with disastrous results? We're going to start with Matt, 30 seconds. Okay, so growing up in New York City, they had a thing called Fabuloso. It was a bleach slash cleaner. And it looked exactly like the quarter juices that they would sell in the local bodegas. And also it being the 1990s, more likely than not, a lot of parents in Brooklyn and the greater part of New York City in the Northeast would have to make sure their Fabuloso was under lock and key like it was it was shaving cream or other implements at a Walgreens now. Uh, it's probably, you know, things like that. I'll, uh, a litany of other products, but primarily Fabuloso. Fabuloso can kill you. Ryan, your 30-second debate or argument. Uh, so actually, uh, fun fact, I, I did see someone else do something similar to the gorilla glue video uh yesterday which is a woman uh she put like a perming like a home perming kit on her pubic hair this is real this is true google this and then she uh she appears to have fallen asleep while the the perming solution worked its way in and uh, um i i don't want to be too gross but apparently she did have to go to the hospital because not just the hair fell off when she woke up Alex, what score do you want to give Matt Ryan in the empty chair for that? I have to think. Hang on. Uh-oh. You, made a, you made a good point, especially about Fabuloso. Uh, I'll I, I give him an eight. And for Ryan in the empty chair? Uh, for Ryan, uh, definitely uh, a six. Um, and the empty chair, I'll give it a three. Okay. Next topic, city of San Antonio, the past week or two has been clearing out homeless camps around the city, except for one outside the city councilman's office. 
San Antonio City Councilman Roberto Trevino spent a night at his satellite office when he heard the city was going to clear out the homeless camp around the facility. I just wanted to make sure that nobody was harassed. I wanted to see it for myself, that if somebody was going to be uh, asked to, to move along, that how they were treated. Trevino was confronted by residents who accused him of ignoring their complaints concerning criminal activity and harassment by panhandlers and vagrants. Blankets, bags, and a grocery basket were, uh, were found behind the office where Homeless people come and go. So uh, we're going to start with Matt, uh, Ryan, actually. Is the councilman wrong, uh, doing right or wrong with his handling of the homeless camp? 30 seconds. Uh, wait, cut out there. Can, can can you play the clip again? I, it was sort of garbled. On my I just head. wanted to make sure that nobody was harassed. I wanted to see it for myself, that if somebody was going to be uh, asked to, to move along, that how they were treated. Oh, yeah. Um, like, everyone deserves dignity and... Like homeless people, especially especially right now in the middle of winter, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, treat them with kindness and dignity. And there's like no question in my mind that that's the right way to do it. Matt, your 30 second argument. Uh, it's hard to argue against uh, the point that Ryan made. Uh, maybe we should be looking at how to help the homeless community get on their feet or how to create systems so sustainable that we don't have to deal with these problems and these people don't have to panhandle, don't have to steal, aren't dependent upon drugs and alcohol, aren't dependent upon doing things that they don't want to do and really shouldn't have to do in one of the greatest countries on the planet and one of the most opulent uh, economies in modern history. We're still allowing this to happen. There's no universal basic income. How can we allow that to happen? All right, Alex scores for Matt Ryan in the empty chair, zero to 10. Uh, the empty chair, you know, didn't, didn't do it for me. I'm going to have to give it a zero. Uh, for Matt, I will say, uh, nine. And for Ryan? Uh, Ryan made a very good point. Uh, I'll also give him a nine. Okay. A Houston area mom didn't think twice about tackling a man who was peeking into her daughter's bedroom window. Phyllis Benya of Lake Jackson called police when she caught a man peeking into her daughter's bedroom window. He ran off, but Benya dashed onto the street, knocked him to the ground, and held him until police got there. I figured at least I could do if I got him down, tripped him up, whatever then they, you know, have a chance to get caught up. She told KPRC-TV she was just protecting her daughter. And the cop, you know, fist bumped me and he was like, hey, so I heard uh, Texans are looking for a new linebacker. <laughs> you can see the video on our news page at KTSA.com. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. We're start with Matt. What would you do if you saw a pair of eyes peering into your home through a window 30 seconds? Oh, I would grab a hammer and chase them down the street while calling the police. Uh, homie, don't play that. Uh, I live in a basement apartment, and sometimes you see people or hear people walking by and having conversations you really shouldn't be saying outside, like it's an episode of Sex in the City out there. Uh, but for me, quite honestly, seeing eyes in your windowsill and seeing things like that, it's frightening. And weirdly enough, it's kind of happened once or twice in my life, and it's not the best thing in the world. That's why you always have a hammer or some sort of implements and the police on speed dial. Ryan, what would you do? 30 seconds. I mean, it would be very frightening. Uh, but I also, I feel like based on the way, you know, I'm currently living during this pandemic, I would also be very embarrassed that everyone was seeing the way I live on a daily basis. So it would be very complicated for me because I would be, of course, terrified that a strange person is trying to break into my home. 
But I would also be very embarrassed that they would see that, like, you know, I ate spaghetti and pizza for breakfast this morning. And, like, I don't want that. I don't want anyone to know that, even if they're coming in to murder me. So, like I said, it's going to be a complicated wave of emotions. All right, Alex, what score do you want to give Ryan, Nat, and the empty chair? Um, I would give Ryan a seven. I'll give Matt a eight, and I'll give the empty chair a four. Okay. Yet another state is caught up in controversy over transgender young people. Republican Tennessee Governor Bill Lee says transgender student-athlete participation will destroy women's sports. His comment came in response to proposed legislation in the state that would require middle and high school student-athletes to play in school sports under their birth gender. That's CBS's Jim Crisula. Now, does having transgender students participating in girls or women's sporting events help or hurt the entire concept of female athletics? We'll start with Ryan, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm actually kind of radical about this. I feel like there should be no gender distinctions of how anyone plays sports. If that's a problem for you, like, you know, grow up. Um, <laughs> I think that the idea of having, like, men and women not being able to compete together is silly. Also, statistically, um, it it doesn't actually play out the way you think it does. Most studies I've seen have actually shown that women tend to actually be better than men uh, at certain sports. I, the whole thing, just get rid of it. It's such a boring argument. Like, let men, women, and non-binary people play sports together. Jesus Christ, it's 2021. Matt, 30 seconds. Hard to argue with that point. Um, But if they identify as a gender and they've made begun their transition, let them compete at the gender they're, they're, they identify as and they're living their lives as. We've seen the repercussions of forcing transgendered female to male compete against females, and it's completely one-sided. We're seeing situations to where we're not a, we're treating these people they're we're treating these athletes and these students not like student athletes, but as political pawns, and it's disgusting. So, Alex, what scores do you want to give Matt Ryan in the empty chair? Uh, I'll give Matt a... Uh, I'll give him an eight. I'll give the empty chair. The empty chair just hasn't been saying anything. I mean, she, there's, just no, there's just no point in there. There's, there's, I mean, a two, maybe. And for Ryan? Uh, Ryan also gets an eight. Okay, next topic. A red-faced Texas Department of Safety has apologized for an Amber Alert test that went terribly wrong. It was like any other Amber Alert, including a description of the kidnapping suspect, a white male, red hair, blue eyes, 28 years old, and wearing blue overalls. Police even had the perpetrator's name, Chucky. Yes, that Chucky. I'm gonna get you, the foul-mouthed homicidal doll from the Child's Play movies. Without being specific, the Texas DPS says the alert was sent as a result of a test malfunction. Jim Ryan, ABC News, Dallas. So what movie character would you suggest as being a better suspect in an Amber Alert case? going to start with Matt, 30 seconds. Um, I really wouldn't want to put a ch uh, anyone in a position where we have to send out an Amber Alert. Um, but if we were going to do this for the sake of ha-ha and funny, uh, let's see. Uh, anybody from Pride and Prejudice, Harry and Marr from the uh, Gritty. You know what? It should be Gritty. 
Gritty should be the one that you use in any situation as the catch-all offender or victim in any test because Gritty is a catch-all for society. He is a common man. He is someone who speaks to all the people with his gigantic tummy. Ryan, 30 seconds. First, I got to push back on this Gritty slander. I think that's unacceptable. Gritty is, a, is an ally to the working people of the world and should be protected at all costs. And second, like, there's a very clear movie villain that you could use in this exact situation, which is Freddy Krueger. He comes into your dreams. He goes after children. He's like, he wears a fedora. Like, anyone who wears a fedora is a creep, you know? So I feel like this is the perfect person we should focus on. And uh, plus, you know, he's spooky. He's scary. He, uh, he's got knives for fingers. Yeah, Freddy Krueger and greedy rules. All right, Alex, what scores do you want to give Ryan, Matt, and the empty chair? Uh, Ryan, for his defensive gritty, I mean, gets a six. Uh, Matt gets a 10 because he's right about gritty. And the empty chair, the empty, empty chair is, uh, I don't know, five. You know what? I'm happy I'm getting a six if I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who think that way about gritty. Pretty creepy. Oh, next topic. A uh, incident report has been filed in connection with the November arrest of Bruce Springsteen for DWI. During a November visit to Gateway National Recreation Area in New Jersey, Bruce Springsteen admitted to taking two shots of tequila in less than 20 minutes. A park ranger said he watched Springsteen consume one shot of Patron and then get on his motorcycle. Springsteen refused to provide a sample for a preliminary breath test. The park ranger said that Springsteen smelled of alcohol and appeared glassy-eyed. That's ABC's Aaron Katursky. Jeep has pulled its Super Bowl ad featuring Springsteen from future runs after the news came out. Uh, we're going to start with Ryan. Should they have pulled that ad, and should people really care about this? 30 seconds. There's, like, a ton of crazy conspiracy stuff, like, going on around this arrest, uh, and I kind of, like, actually fell down the rabbit hole about this this afternoon. It seems like it was a completely, like, trumped up charge if you ask me and also like uh new jersey cops or new jersey park patrol like i do not think that they're operating in good faith also just pulling over bruce springsteen on a motorcycle yeah it's all screwy and also to drop his ad is also dumb like it's the first ad that bruce springsteen has ever actually really made in his career and it's a it's a decent ad the whole thing's stupid just put the ad back up and uh drop the charges all right matt 30 seconds Took a shot of Patron, and I got on my motorcycle. That's the start of his new album. This is him writing. This is Bruce Springsteen being Bruce Springsteen. Uh, this is the most common man, New Jerseyite thing Bruce Springsteen has done since the Born in the USA tour. Uh, getting just taking two shots of Patron straight up, and then riding his motorcycle down the turnpike. God bless you. You are as New Jersey as bagels and Taylor ham. Uh, let Bruce be Bruce. This is one, as, as Ryan said, one mistake. Right. Don't do it again, though. Wait, wait, I, got, I, I got to point out, just for clarity's sake, so I, I, like I said, I fell on this rabbit hole. Bruce Springsteen, apparently his dad was an alcoholic. He doesn't really drink. He's like, he's, he's not like a, he's not totally sober, but it was like one shot of tequila with a fan, apparently during like, uh, like a photo op. So the, the whole thing is totally nuts. Anyways, right, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make that really clear. <laughs> Alex, the question was, should they have pulled the Jeep ad and should people care about this whole DWI thing? What scores do you want to give Ryan, Matt, and the empty chair? Um, 
the empty chair is a John Bon Jovi fan, so I'm gonna give it a two. Um, Good, yeah. Uh, the uh, Matt, I'll give uh, I'll give a seven, and Ryan, I will, you know, I'll also give a seven. Okay. Next topic. An unfortunate glitch in a socially distanced court hearing via computer, which is not supposed to look fun. An attorney at a virtual court hearing in Brewster County, Texas, was alerted by Judge Roy Ferguson. I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. A Zoom filter that, under less serious conditions, would amuse friends by changing your image on the computer into something else. I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to... Attorney Rod Porton. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. He looked like a big talking kitten. The judge tweeting, important Zoom tip. If a child used your computer, check to see that the filters are off. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. To start with Matt, what's your worst Zoom call fear? 30 seconds. Oh, people seeing what I actually look like or see what I'm actually wearing. Uh, I have to go on Zoom calls on camera all the time, and I have to remember, hey, people are going to see you put on something with some semblance of a collar. Uh, because I am a bum human being and all I wear are, you know, undershirts and sweatpants. I even do that when I walk the dog and there's a blizzard going on. Uh, but it's that. It's them seeing me for what I truly am. A scumbag in a scumbag world in scumbag clothes. Ryan, what's your worst Zoom call fear? 30 seconds. Um... Once I got invited into like a like a digital happy hour and there was like at least 15 people in there and they wanted to play Jackbox and then you wanted to keep playing Jackbox and then like more people got added and then like it was someone's birthday and like that was horrible and I I don't want to ever have a repeat of that again like I I want a maximum of two people on a Zoom call and I want it to last approximately 20 minutes at most that's my biggest fear. <laughs> Alex, what scores you want to give? Zero to ten. Uh, can I get a point of clarification? Sure. What is Jackbox? Oh, Jackbox is uh, basically it's an online party game um, that people. It's normally intended for like an in like a living room situation, but people can play um, distanced. Uh, but basically, it's it's a whole series of of party games, video gotcha. game party games. Gotcha. Uh, who am I giving a score to first? Uh, you can give uh, anyone you want to start with, uh, Ryan, Matt, or the empty chair. Mm. Uh, Matt, I'll give a, I'll give a, uh, an eight for, you know, his confession of living in a, you know, living his scumbag life. Uh, Ryan, I will give a, I'll give a seven, because um, he just seems kind of antisocial. Uh, mm. And uh, the empty chair, God, you know, the empty chair just really, really made a, a point because he, he, he said how afraid he is of being an empty chair. So uh, I'll give the empty chair a 10. Okay, well, coming up. Our debaters have some things on their minds. We're going to let them vent a little bit, see what their competitors think about it. It's next right here on Master Debaters from KTSA. 
This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week, we have Matt Ryan, Ryan Broderick, and an empty chair who are all working to coerce or judge Alex to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep this debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came in with a topic they wanted to talk about and that they want to present to our judge. They would get 60 seconds to do so. During those 60 seconds, if the other combatants wish to challenge, they would get uh, 30 seconds each after the case is done being presented to present their own challenge. After all those challenges, the original presenter will get to deliver their own 30-second rebuttal to address the challengers. Now, if they change their topic from what they had sent in before the show, I'm going to give an automatic five-point penalty. There are also more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or can take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge or choose to stay quiet. So right now, our points leader is Matt. So Matt, you get to start with your 60-second argument. Okay, so Valentine's Day is this weekend, and I don't mean to go off on a rant here, but I feel like uh, we should start... You know how you can trade holidays at work? You can take off some days, and you can get PTO. I feel like we should do the same thing with non-date-specific holidays or non, you know, any generic holiday that doesn't have religious significance to them. And Valentine's Day is that one. Uh, for people like me who are single, sad, and are just going to be set, set, spending the day staring in the mirror and listening to Culture Club, I'd rather celebrate something like Arbor Day or Flag Day, uh, maybe St. Swiven's Day. Uh, maybe I can even try to get Bastille Day to change days. That would cause a lot of red tape and me relearning French, but I feel like it would be worth it. It gives the opportunity for people who really don't like this holiday, don't like the connotations to it, or are cheap, and switch it with something else that makes them a little happier because Valentine's Day is about finding love. And what's the most thing important? What's the most important thing in the world? Loving yourself. So no challenge. But before I go to Alex, one question for Matt. What about President's Day? I mean, it's the day after Valentine's Day this year. You can swap it for that, and you can make President's Day a two-day holiday. You can go back to the old school, celebrating Washington and Lincoln's birthday on separate days. Okay. Alex, what scores do you want to give everyone, uh, Ryan, Matt, and the empty chair, for that argument? Or lack of argument? Um, let's see. Uh, I would give Matt uh, 20 points. Okay. Um, the uh, Ryan, no, no points because he didn't come in. Um, mm. and uh, the empty chair, uh, minus one. Really sticking it to the empty chair, aren't you? Yeah, I really felt the empty chair had an argument, but just it was holding back. Okay. Uh, Ryan, your turn for your 60-second argument. Yeah, all right. So, guys, I'm really frustrated. I uh, started learning audio and music production during the lockdown. and gotten pretty good at it. You know, and I like social, you know, I like social media. I want to I share things that I'm working on, you know, with friends out on Twitter or whatever. And I have been really struggling because there really isn't a good way to share audio on the Internet. Uh SoundCloud sort of for music, I guess, and maybe some podcasts, but not really. And then podcasts are all a complete mess because they're still running on RSS, even though it's 2021. And a bunch of them are now owned by huge conglomerates. And then I started thinking about how, like, 
audio more than any other thing on the internet is so impossible to share. And it's probably because of like giant music corporations who spent years being able to like blackball platforms from letting us just like upload audio because they're so terrified that we're going to leak a song or something, which means that like, you can't just like take an audio file and share it with people on the internet, which is so ridiculous that an entire file type, an entire media type is just like off limits on major social networks. It's crazy. And I hate it. All right, Matt, with a very late challenge, but 30 seconds, here you go. Well, you know, the the internet now is more democratized than ever, and audio now is more democratized than ever. It's taking the same route as the television and radio industry, and that's terrible. But now more than ever, anybody has a voice, and also getting it out there may be hard, but if you're skilled and you're talented and you have the right cousin who can get you in the right thing, or your friend has a radio show uh, like this one, and you can say Catalyst Wrestling every single week on Fight TV, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Uh, at Catalyst Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, then, uh, you know, it's a great thing. Ryan, your 30-second rebuttal. Yo, I don't know. I just want to, like, share, like, a snippet of a thing I made that's only audio. And then I tried to, like, make a video of the, of, of the recording inside the app to share it as a video. But then uh, QuickTime doesn't record in MP4, but Twitter only allows MP4s. And I have to think that this is all just complicated, stupid nonsense because a bunch of huge companies want to make extra money on stuff they've already made money on. And it's like, I just wanted to share an, a, a fun little jingle I made for my podcast with people on Twitter. Before I go to Alex, I just want to say, Ryan, you are reading my mind. Uh, Alex... <laughs> Alex, this has been my world for the past decade or so. It's driving me insane. Oh, I know. I'm in the same boat, Alex. Uh, what points would you give out uh, to Ryan, Matt, and the empty chair? Um, I didn't know people still use QuickTime. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I will give uh, Ryan... Uh, I'll give Ryan... Uh, 22 points. Um, the maximum's 20. Uh, maximum's 20. Yeah, it's 20. Uh, so negative 20 to maximum 20. Maximum was 25 points. No. Uh, Playing the wrong game. Okay. 20 points then. Okay. Um, and I will give Matt minus five for being a shill. Okay. And we, Dare you. The empty chair. Empty chair gets minus 10 for being more of a show. Okay. Well, coming up, who's going to win? It all comes down to one final fight. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. The argument it's gonna wrap up right here with one final fight it's a battle this week between matt ryan ryan broderick and an empty chair to convince our judge alex that their argument is the best argument but it all comes down to one final fight closing arguments on master debaters this is where it all gets decided in a four minute melee i present the topic in our two or three contestants will hash it out amongst themselves for a whole four minutes no more no less at the sound of the final buzzer our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points 
or can take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points will get a 15 second head start. And then everyone else can join in after the bell has rung. So right now, the contestant with the fewest points. Do you guys want to take a guess which contestant has the fewest points? Assume the chair? Yeah, the empty, oh, the, chair, yeah. the empty chair has the fewest points right now. So they'll get a 15 second head start. The topic... The Star Spangled Banner was played in Dallas Wednesday night. The national anthem playing for the first time this season at the Dallas Mavericks Arena after a firestorm ignited by team owner Mark Cuban, who had decided not to play the Star Spangled Banner at home games. He says the initial decision to skip the anthem was made after speaking with members of the local community. Quite a few people that voiced their their concerns or really their, their fears that the national anthem and did not fully represent did not fully represent them that their voices were not being heard critics then speaking out Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick compared Cuban's move to last month's riot at the U.S. Capitol. That's ABC's Andrea Fuji. Should the national anthem be played before sporting events? That's a four minute debate with a 15 second head start for the empty chair. Okay, Dan Patrick, first of all, you're a tool bag. Uh, I don't feel like anybody except like 15 people in the state of Texas like you. Uh, I feel like you were appointed or along for the ride as most lieutenant governors are. So first of all, kick rocks. And second of all, it's 2021. I believe the United States of America is the only country with the exception of Canada because they got roped into this whole Fakakta scheme because they're in our leagues where they have to, where they, we play the, our national anthem before every game. Do Hell we really yeah. need do we need a dramatic display of patriotism? Absolutely no. not. It's if bullshit. We, I agree. I, with feel, you. I feel like right now it's kind of like Chuck D and uh Flavor Flav. Yeah. It's a very public enemy feel right now. Fight the yeah, power. Go off, King. No, it's nonsense. I agree with you. Why are we doing this? What does sports have to do with the country? We don't even play any international sports. It's not like we're playing like soccer. We're playing against only other Americans because we're not, you know competent enough at like actual internationally recognized sports to play the whole world so it's oh. like why do we need to sing the national anthem playing baseball against other americans it's not even like we're playing japanese teams it's ridiculous we all know we're american come on and it's more so for me just like it feels like we're doing it for the sake of ceremony and we really don't need that are we using it now for just a commercial break is it mandated because we need to get that spot set at the top of the hour to get us to 05 when the tip-off actually happens or when the first pitch is actually thrown as a producer as someone who's called games as someone who's had to introduce national anthems it gets in the way of everything you start doing us hey everybody we're gonna get ready for this game we'll get ready in a second but first, we have to be solemn at this thing we're getting drunk, high, and angry at to sing our national anthem because we are a self-loathing people and must continue to be a self-loathing people because we are a nation founded by repressed pilgrims. All right, everybody, now stand solemnly as we remind ourselves how flawed our nation actually is. No, it's a ball game. I'm going to also. Also, wait, no, wait, wait. No, because if you want to do so, I one thing I do want to say is if you want to do like a cool hard song to sing before the sports game so everyone's like oh wow that's a hard song that's really impressive like look at that wow, they really hit the major fifth there that's cool it should be like an actually impressive hard to sing song like whitney houston's i want to dance with somebody or like 
the Britney, the Beyonce song with the key change at the the several key changes at the end. Like if you want to do like a cool song and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. Like my daughter really sang that song really well. Go Chicago, whatever the fuck. Like pick a good song that's difficult, not some old song written by people who didn't know what germs were. We have much more complicated songs that are much more fun to listen to nowadays. And also on top of that, when you take a look at everything, like America the Beautiful, they start every WrestleMania with that. That's a much better song. You line up Aretha, Aretha Franklin or Ray Charles renditions of America the Beautiful against any rendition of the national anthem with the exception of the Whitney Houston one, and that's not fair because she taped that, and it's come out that she's taped that, and that's the reason why Scott Norwood went wide right because he was trying to figure out if that was live or recorded. It threw him off, and it completely ruined football, and it opened the door for the Dallas Cowboys to be a dynasty. And yes, once again, I'm the guy saying Jerry Jones is a crypt keeper looking fool, and I also believe he's in a hot tub somewhere with Yogi Berra looking at Roger Clemens come out of the dugout. Okay, we still got time. Okay, cool. So more importantly, when we <laughs> what if it was the poker app? What if you had to recite the poker app from memory? Like, what if it was more like I'm just saying it should be more complicated song. So everyone's like, oh wow, because it's like a competitive app. Like, it's a competitive atmosphere. So it should be like a hard thing to do. Ooh, like bare naked ladies one week. Before I go to the Chinese chicken, before I go to Alex, um, just one minor counter perspective, I guess, for Ryan's argument, Uh, because in theory, the national anthem is or the Star Spangled Banner, more specifically, is a relatively simple song, if that's your argument, um, in a way, doesn't it get provide a better gauge on who's a better singer or not, because it is a simple song that everyone should be able to sing. So you can do an apples to apples comparison between, let's say, a Lady Gaga versus, um, I don't know, uh, Bruce Springsteen or Bon Jovi or whoever. Well, what if it was like every city got to like, like bring in like a guitar player to play Slayer's Raining Blood or something? You know, I'm just saying like, we're not thinking outside the box enough in terms of what we'd want to watch a musician in every city do. You know, what if it was like uh, like a rap battle? You know, we can do what we can put whatever we want there. It's an empty space before the game. That's all. That's my that's my argument. All right. So, uh, Alex, what scores you want to give Ryan, Matt and the empty chair for that four minute melee? Uh, wow. There were, you know, the, the interesting thing is that there wasn't a lot of counterpoint The two major debaters were kind of in sync um no pun intended uh no no pun intended at all um i i I will have to say that i will give uh 65 points to matt uh 60 points to ryan um the empty chair, uh, according to my interpretation, uh, wanted to replace the national anthem with uh, the international. Uh, that's just communist rhetoric right there. So I'm going to give the empty chair negative 100. Um, so that's, that's where I stand. All right. So let's see who... Finishing this fight with the highest 
your lowest score on this week's edition of Master Debaters. Well, after minutes of just extremely, extremely heated discussion about very, very, very controversial topics going on in the country right now, it's time to name this week's Master Debater. In third place, to no surprise, with negative 76 points, <laughs> the empty chair, which is a new record low on the show for score and a much worse uh, figure than he had on his, on, that it had on its previous uh, visit on the show. So in second place, with 136 points, is Ryan, which means this week's Master Debater with 145 points uh. is Matt Ryan. Matt, here's your 60 seconds to celebrate beating an empty chair and one other person starts now. <laughs> to quote Buddy, uh, the late great Buddy Rogers, to a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. Another week we took last week off, but for the second straight show, it is me, the long hair, oh so debonair, king of master debaters, El Grande Beto, Matt Ryan taking the win again. I want to thank Ryan for being such a gracious opponent, a fun opponent, uh, one who agreed with me a lot, so it kind of made it hard to hate and argue against you, but <laughs> nonetheless, a fun time was had, and I would like to thank our benevolent judge, Alex, your check is on the way, and also, I love you very much. But I want to thank you, the audience, once again, the guy you get mad at in your car on the way to and from wherever you're going on a Saturday night or whenever you listen to this lovely program. Once again, gets the victory. New York is the, a New Yorker is the new king of Texas. And until someone takes the crown from me, I am Matt King of Texas Ryan. Wow, that was totally worth him winning. That he deserved to win just for that. That was phenomenal. Well, Whatever it means to be the king of Texas, you know, it used to be a republic, but whatever. I'm not going to sit here and second guess or master debater this week. But a big thanks to Matt Ryan, who covers martial art, mixed martial arts on uh, combat culture. Ryan Broderick, who covers the world of the internet and social media, the Garbage Day newsletter. And of course, our very gracious and kind and maybe uh, controversial, eh, questionable, empty chair. Also, big thanks to our judge, Alex, from Long Island, New York. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. Learn more about Master Debaters online at ktsa.com slash masterdebaters. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.